Hey, hey. Happy Friday, everybody. How you doing? Hey, Chad. Hey, no, no background music while we're waiting? The background thing is super wonky. I, uh, I think once you unmute yourself, it, like, just stops the music. I'm not really sure how it works, <laughs> to be honest. You can't just, like, turn it on. I thought you could just, like, turn it on and just leave it on if you wanted to. Although nobody really does that, obviously, but... I'm playing around with the settings, and it, it doesn't seem like it's turning on. Yeah, all right, well, whatever. Well, maybe maybe you could sing for us instead. <laughs> It'll cost you. What's up, guys? GM? Hey, man. Good morning. Good morning. And, yeah, I think you're right. Because the other week I like, I like said one thing and then I killed the music and then it was very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, you can't just like press a button and it starts back up. I mean, Twitter's so broken that this won't be fixed until like June or something like that. So we'll just have to wait until then when we finally get a good platform for Twitter Spaces. Yeah, if ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to make it more like there's why can't you do it on desktop like it like that just does not make any sense why why we can't just host these or with video like there's, there's so much stuff you can do with this yeah i was gonna say the same that that was like the the desktop thing we were talking about that feels like a year ago and uh, like I, I don't know if they're they even care to fix that <laughs> maybe maybe they just aren't even gonna pursue it they could make Twitter into the biggest podcasting app if they really tried, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry me. I'm just, I'm just playing a little uh, Wind Beneath Your Wings for you guys. That's a the classic the classic tune i think we all need to sing along to start these spaces just like a little trio <laughs> harmonizing we do a barbershop quartet <laughs> oh man we we could write like a a thor chain themed barbershop quartet intro i think i think that's what we really need as a community to you know, you guys say we need more marketing. I think that's the ticket. Dude, that would be hilarious. We need a somebody in the community to like just record like a four part uh, acapella, like thirty second um, spot song for for Thorchain. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. You know, some podcasts have like sick intros, like they get like an actual track made specifically for their their podcasts. Like, we should do that. <laughs> we should have some epic, like thirty to sixty second intro. Actually, like um, I was reading that. Um... That OpenAI has this thing called Jukebox they're working on. It's like coming out at some point, but like where it's the same thing where you can like ask or like describe something and it'll just generate a song or generate some music. So if you want to do like a Thor Chain based uh, barbershop quartet, you could like type that out and it'll just like generate a song on, on the spot. Yeah, that's what we got to do. I was playing with one of those. I don't remember which it was. My friend was showing it to me, but. It's, like, pretty impressive. I mean, it has a ways to go. I don't know if you could get it to actually say the words you want, because it's kind of, like, it. you know how, like, the AI image ones kind of have, like, broken words and, like, broken faces sometimes? It, it was kind of like that. Like, 
it seemed like a song, but it wasn't, you know, finished. <laughs> yeah, but the words they've already got with the with the opening eye like ChatGPT thing, right? So you could like write me lyrics for a song about, you know, Thor Chain, I don't know, something, and then take that output and you put it into the opening eye ju- jukebox and then like combines the two. Like that makes that'd be pretty slick. Yeah. Definitely possible. I mean, it's kind of like deep fakes too. I mean, they're already doing people's voices and you know, we could we could make it sound like you singing all four parts. I think that would <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah, I think it's more likely that there's going to be some kind of AI that that'll just replace. Us. So like we can just feed them all of the all of the podcasts that we've done. This is the the fifty third space. I, I I think, which is just insane to me, by the way, that, that we've done this many of them. But like that that's all just data. Like th- those are all saved, and that that's going to be uh, our replacement when, when we're finally done with these. I mean, how does the audience? How does the audience really know that's not what we're already doing? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, if I get really bored this week, I will, I will attempt to create a 30-second multi-vocal part, uh, barbershop quartet style, just for the community. <laughs> it'll be terrible, but it'll, it'll yeah, be man. fun. Break out, the, break out the piano or the ukulele. I know you got it. I got, I got somewhere <laughs> deep down inside. I'll have to find it. Yeah, maybe you should work on the rune price instead. <laughs> Could I'm just do something about <laughs> Can Dev do something about, about the We need like quartet? $6 rune, the theme song, maybe? Oh, dude, $6 rune theme song? That'd be hilarious. Yeah. There's a lot of rhymes. Rune, moon, soon. You, know, <laughs> you can work with that. All right. If I get bored, I get nothing else to do, which almost never happens. But I'll, I'll, I'll throw it together in a few minutes. Yeah, I'm sure you have nothing better to be working on, to be honest. <laughs> yeah guys so uh trust wallet ios finally it's finally here like (laughs) we finally made it to the trust wallet ios and uh just so happy to see that this is like finally out like i I don't think people realize how long the process has been I, i i think it's about 18 months since like the first conversations with trust wallet so and that's that that's like all all encompassing from like first like approaching them about uh you know doing the swaps and then saying like oh yeah yeah you guys are in the queue and then you know it just keeps getting pushed back and uh you know these product teams they take a a long time to like you know research you know thorchain and just like see how the product works and get their own assurances about uh about how it works and how they can offer it to their users and then we finally saw in december it come to android and it, like the activity on there is just like it's really cool to see even though they're only offering a couple swap routes they're only really offering bitcoin ether and uh a couple of bnb uh beacon chain routes they're, they're still absolutely killing it on uh swap volume and with the number of transactions it, it's it's probably roughly equal to uh to, to thor swap but uh, that that's in like a month of Android only with three chains on Trust Wallet, which is just incredible. And now we finally get to see it on iOS. So uh, it's still only the three chains, I, I believe. I don't think they've added any more swap routes. Still, still working on on that front. But uh, so I want everyone to know, like, how long of a, a time this has been like coming and be like, you know, just iterating through this and getting the teams to work together on this stuff uh we're just so glad that it's it's finally here and 
I can talk about this in a little bit, but like trust is really the first like big, big Thorchain integration. I think everyone here kind of understands that, but it's just the first. And it's like, it's, it's going to be the first of this, this, this whole line of dominoes that it is like ready to fall. They, they're just so big that you can't, uh, you can't, you can't see the dominoes. They're, they're, they're massive, but uh, they like trust other people are looking at what Trust Wallet is doing and what they're offering to their users, and uh, they're going to want to offer the same services to their users. And so, uh, this is just realizing the vision of of Thorchain as this native asset infrastructure, and just where we're going to see Thorchain in the future. Like you know, we've been talking about how it's just going to be invisible in the background of, of these apps, and Trust is just just the first. So and, and looking at the success of trust, it, it like the, the success is really there and it's not even full featured as, you know, we want to push them to be offer Doge swaps, Litecoin, Bitcoin cash, everything. So just so excited to see like what's going to come out of this, this trust thing. And then the, the further implications of, of trust in, in other wallets needing to match their features and, you know, just kind of keep up with their users. Yeah, totally. Like, um, obviously, Trust Wallet was a big thing for the for the for us and for the community. And um, you know, we've ongoing conversations with um, probably most major wallets that you can think of off the top of your head. We we're probably already in communication and talking and um, advocating for and co changes are being made in other wallets as well. So, I'm hoping that everything will just get to a point where, like, it's, like if your wallet doesn't have Fortune integration, then it's you know it's rather silly or, or like a basic wallet, not even like one that people would actually really want to use. So it's like, it's, it'd be interesting to see how this kind of changes over the next couple of years, but it's going to be a slow process to what, to what um, Kyle was just saying. I mean, it took many, many, many months to, to get trust wallet integrated and it took more, more months to get other ones integrated as well. But um, once we do, it, just, it is for me, it's just like, we're just like loading the spring so that when the market goes bull again and well, probably in a couple of years or so, um, that we had like already integrated with a bunch of different things. And so when trading kicked off, like all these things will just spring off together uh, in unison. And so it's going to be really, really great for the project. Yeah, it's really awesome to see. And it's only going to get better. As you said, hopefully they keep pursuing, expanding the integration. Uh, so many other things for them to offer. Um, and yeah, just the first, the first domino to fall. Have you guys checked even in the last just what's it been two days? Like, have has there been any noticeable uptick? I haven't looked at the. Yes, data. but th there is a slight slight issue because they uh, they aren't using their their Thor name address I, I, in the so the the, the old queries are, like if you look at like uh, like the that old uh, uh, Thor swap trust wallet dashboard that that's together. I I don't believe that'll include any of the iOS ones because I, I think they. Uh, they're using a slightly different syntax for their um, for their swaps, so they're they're not using their their Thor name, I believe, for for whatever reason that they might have just left it out. Like we're we're working with them on that. So if you look at any of the old dashboards, I don't believe it'll include any iOS volume at all uh, until that's updated. So uh, just know if you're looking at like a dashboard, then that's probably not on there right now. But I, I believe that uh, you know people are updating their apps right now, and it's definitely uh, there's definitely going to be like some kind of incline over the next, you know, couple of weeks as people update their apps and, you know, get, get to know the feature. And obviously we'll, 
we're going to be working on like the, the marketing side of, uh, you know, getting together with Trust Wallet and uh, you know, just putting out some, some awareness for the feature. Uh, so we're like in the process of coordinating them. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll, hopefully we'll do some, some Twitter space with them, maybe Binance Live or, uh, you know, whatever else we can do. We're, we're going to put some stuff together with them to just put some more awareness for this feature. Uh, we just got to work with their team to do that. So, like, I, I think we, we saw this with the the Trust Wallet Android integration, where if you look at, like, how many swaps happen, uh, it's just, like, it's a gradual incline until it finally, like, you know, plateaus off around, like, you know, 200 to 250 the swaps per day on, on Trust Wallet Android. So I think we'll probably see around the same on iOS, where uh, the the number of swaps per day will just, you know, stay on an incline until eventually it, it levels off and uh, there's some kind of consistent level for like how, how much people are, are swapping on an, any given day. So that, that's kind of my prediction for what we see with Trust iOS over the next like month or so. Uh, you know, we'll see it increase until eventually it levels off and we, then we get some kind of baseline for like how many swaps are coming through Trust Wallet per day. Yeah, and then like Chad was saying, you know, when the market really com- comes back, the the compounding effect of that is like absolutely insane. Because imagine we're back in a period where everyone's trading more, everyone's swapping more. Trust Wallet is getting you know ten thousand new users a day, and they're everyone's onboarding. I mean, like these, even like a small integration in this market is gonna seem like a big integration. Sorry, I got a call. I don't know if where I cut out. Yep, I can hear you. You're back. <laughs> yeah, d- no, just just like even even small integrations are are going to compound so much and you know become a big integration when when the market's really roaring again. Yeah, and trust is definitely no small integration. Like as I said, that they're just about matching. Uh, Thor swaps. I don't believe that the the dollar value because the the actual dollar value of each transaction is is smaller for the most part on, on Trust Wallet. But the aggregate the whole the entire number of swaps is um, about r- roughly the same. I would say, which is very obviously that's very impressive. Uh, you know, being that they just implemented it with so few swap routes on just Android for for now. So uh, you know, w- once it's once this integration is finally like up to um, you know, feature complete, like I would say with, uh, with iOS. And then we, we would, what we'd really, really like to see is them also integrating the other chains, which they have, which is, uh, you know, native rune, obviously, which is a huge amount of door swaps volume, but that's something that trust wallet doesn't capture, uh, at all right now, or just any of the other native chains, which is pretty much everything else that door chain supports is also supported by trust wallet. Uh, so that's just, some more simple integrations, they can just be seeing a, t- a ton more volume. And yeah, like what you're saying with like just loading the spring for for the for the bull, for the bull market, right? Uh, we see this on any like really high volume days. Uh, you, you can see the APRs on all the pools just go like way up. Or if you're at LP, you can see you can see your yields like you know shoot way up. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's that's like noticing that on like these like very volatile high volume days where there's a ton of traffic they, they really do drive a lot of value towards the lps and and savers so yeah um 
just so cool seeing this with trust and like the 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 point that I wanted to make from before was like that like eighteen months that it took to get trust implemented like like that's probably a, around like that that's probably a pretty average time frame for like how long we expect like a lot of some of these other like major integrations to happen and that's just because like these other teams in, in offering a Thorchain product to their customers like they need to be doing the 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 research and their due diligence and looking at the security of Thorchain and getting these assurances for themselves. So that way they don't offer their users, uh, you know, like some kind of scam product or, or, or something. And they're like really understanding what it is that they're offering their customers and moving these organizations that have, you know, millions and millions of users. They deliberately want to move very slowly because they don't want to break anything on their app. They, they want to maintain like a consistent user experience. So it makes sense why these guys move so slowly. Um, and that's also like kind of why the Thorchain protocol is also trying to move slowly because now that we're, we are the, the, the service providers for these major apps serving, you know, millions of users at, at this point, and it's continuing to, to grow through these integrations, any network downtime or, or issues or, or anything consensus failure, any, anything that could happen, uh, like th- these are all conversations that we need to have with all these partners and, and like, you know, we, we don't want to be going up to TrustWall and saying like, oh yeah, uh, you know, trading's paused. There's a, you know, there, there's something going on. We need to, we need to fix something or whatever. We, what we want to do is be this boring, reliable piece of infrastructure that, you know, trust and all these other wallets can say like, oh yeah, we're just going to implement it because it just, it just works. And uh, we don't need to worry about the, about the security and you know these guys are taking their time to review uh you know new features coming onto the protocol and not make any decisions that are that's going to break and uh you know make this not a a good move for us like if if something happens to thorchain that's a a, that's a negative thing for for trust as well at this point so it's like we we also need to be just keeping on top of the security game there and like just realizing like how long it takes to actually implement on these, on these protocols and just move at the same pace and uh, offer a reliable experience to all, all the integrators and, and uh, wallets and, and DEXs and things that, that want to use Thorchain's infrastructure because it's reliable. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing the same thing on the ThorSwap partners side. Like, you know, just a really important piece of that is trying to get, as many aggregate, for example, as many aggregator swaps through. So like there's, there's things we're doing, there's things that like conversations with the core team and stuff around, around that even just because we want this technology to, to disappear, right? Like that's kind of what we've always talked about. And that's part, a huge part of, of these major integrations is like, you don't want too many snags and hiccups and weird edge cases as little as possible. I mean, obviously this is like, a lot more complicated than, than, you know, a, a spreadsheet on a centralized exchange. So there's always going to be like, you know, things that are just inherent to this technology, like, like timing and fees and whatever. But, um, you know, the more we can make it just disappear and be seamless, then that that's what a partner needs. So they can just like, they can just focus on product and customer and their, their user and delivering like the best app, the best decks, whatever it is they're doing.
Yeah. So I think we're going to see like, you know, so as, as I was saying, trust is like the first domino and people are going to see what trusts are doing and decide that this is like a service that they that they want for their own users all these you know self-custodial wallets that need a that need a swap service and uh you know that want something that's decentralized and, and reliable and that's that's what uh, Thorchain's here to be like this this is like this is realizing the vision of uh of the protocol and getting actual users using it uh so yeah super excited to see like what's next i i think the next uh, the next big integration that is probably going to come down the pipe is uh, is Unizen, which has been talked about a little bit, not not a not a bunch, but they're a big aggregator, and uh, they are probably the the next one to come out of the of the pipe there. So they they, they announced that already. So uh, it's not like I'm I'm breaking any news here, but many people here haven't heard that that Unizen was was uh, integrating Thorchain for their uh, for their aggregator they, they have a very popular and full featured aggregator so i believe they'll be the next major protocol to implement uh thorchain swaps into their uh router yeah same, same with um uh, as we were talking about uh shapeshift so shapeshift also an interface with their like the savers aspect so i'm excited to see more protocols or wallets or whatever to, to do not just the swap side of things, but the, the saver side as well. Yeah. Savers will be huge. I mean, if trust, trust type wallets start integrating savers, I mean, that is, that is huge. And that, that even ties in with like the, the staking shenanigans we're seeing in the last day or, or so, you know, on centralized ex- exchanges so maybe that makes that more compelling um yeah i don't know if we want to get into that yet but are you guys on top have you guys been following that pretty closely with uh, sorry with like savers on on shapeshift or just savers in general oh no i was just like uh well savers in general but i was just comparing it to like the staking issue uh you know of centralized exchanges just in the past day or two like the legal uh, regulatory stuff and that you know I don't know. Ex- I haven't been super on top of it yet, so I'm curious if, if you guys have. But maybe that's even a good thing for decentralized uh, yield that is not through a centralized exchange, unless it's just like a overbearing uh, thing, which yeah would be bad. I mean, it's, it's a bit, um, it's a bit odd and a, a little bit difficult to actually interpret, just because um, you know certain actions that the SEC takes is hard to understand what their intentions are, or how does it extrapolate to other things. Or when does it actually, you know, infringe on the thing that they're trying to like protect the investors from, and when does it actually not? And like, maybe you could, maybe they would consider uh, putting up Bitcoin to the Bitcoin savers as considered to be quote unquote staking, even though it's actually not staking because on a different chain. Uh, and so, like, their definition of these terms of you know staking, uh, which is spelled S T A K E, not stake as in the meat. <laughs> Thank you, Gary Gensler, for getting us. <laughs> For confusing metaphor. <laughs> uh, did he like, spell it wrong? Did he really do that? Yeah, he actually did that. Like he created a video talking about staking, and he and like several times in that video, he had to like spell it and say, "Oh, well, I'm talking about S T A K E, not S T E A K." And I'm just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> just like face palm that shit. As if that was the confusion. 
as if that was the thing that like nobody understood or something. I don't know. It was just it was it was uh, it was topical for sure. And the funny thing is, like, he didn't do it once. He felt he needed to do it like multiple times throughout this like three minute video to explain how to spell the word. But uh, I'm not sure if they would consider savers to be staking. Um, my assumption is that, and I, this is again my assumption is that it's not considered be staking. It's more aligned with an ERM product. Which they've also pushed against, you know, Coinbase told or asked the SEC for for permission to launch their own, you know, interest product, and SEC said, I don't know about this. You better not do it. We're not really quite sure. We might come after you. And just the whole thing too. That was like a, a year ago or so. So it's it's difficult to tell. But um, anything they they can do as as SEC is, is going to apply to you know Kraken and, and and similar organizations and CFI in general. So. Um, it's just more bullish to to push people onto a decentralized platforms. Like you're just you're you're um, uh, uh, you're acting as a catalyst for decentralization, uh, you know, in a sense. So, in some ways, I'm actually kind of happy that it's happening. Yeah, it seemed like the SEC commissioner also very much disagreed with the uh, the way that this was done and taking action rather than you know guidance and like, like uh, just in, in, enforce enforcement rather than like actually working with the the companies like gee who would have thought that that would be a better solution apparently the the SEC uh, commissioner uh, so maybe someone has a head on their shoulders and uh, you know actually wants to see like actual discussion between like regulators and, and these these companies that are doing it rather than just like you know coming down with some unilateral decision that's saying like oh yeah comply and uh and, and pay us like, like like they did to BlockFi, right they how much they they take up is that 100 million from from BlockFi <laughs> and to the sec aren't they the secs like sorry isn't the sec like the the one of the top five creditors for for BlockFi because of uh because of that settlement or something like that. It, it's like I, I I do not understand any of this stuff. Uh, like, just it, it's just so crazy to me that this all uh, just happens this way. Yeah, pretty good business model for them. <laughs> Props to, for figuring that one out. Just acting like the mafia and just walking around taking money from people, basically. <laughs> it's how it works. Yeah, n- nice place. <laughs> <laughs> nice place. Uh, do you want insurance to make sure nobody comes here and? Rex, this wonderful, beautiful place. I'll just cost you a few months, a few dollars a month. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I, I think it's, uh, in some extent, um, it's it's interesting to see. Um, it's interesting to see um, uh, how this is going to play over the long term. But at the same point, um, you know what happens in the meat space. I, I'm just, I'm not particularly uh, interested in or or follow too closely just because they're going to be, you know, wailing their arms and flailing around all day and, and yelling and screaming about X, Y, and Z. And while that has a relationship to like the, the viewpoint or the, the perception of that this industry has with the, the greater world uh, in the end, we're still just going to keep focus on what we're doing and ship what we're trying to ship and, and like push the envelope. So they can, they can start yelling like, like an old man on this porch yelling people to get off the lawn and all that kind of stuff, but we're just going to keep on shipping code and, and making valuable, uh, you know, services and products. Yeah, very bullish Thorchain savers, uh, to be honest. Uh, especially, like, who, who could even offer a a Bitcoin yield product at, at this point 
does anyone still offer that in, in CFI anymore? Or have people given up on that because they haven't figured out how to uh, make any yield yet? I don't think I, does anyone does anyone even offer that anymore? I'm actually not even sure about this. I may I should probably look into that. I don't think so. I think they all, to my knowledge, they all kind of collapsed. I think maybe Gemini might be a place, possibly maybe. Yeah, Gemini. Uh, <laughs> Genesis isn't doing so hot right now. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think. Well, I'm not like up to the latest, but last I heard, it was uh, they were they were not doing hot, but they were still technically operating. But there was like signals showing that they might. Oh no no! Not. Genesis uh, filed for bankruptcy back. In, oh, did they? Back in November, December, yeah. Womp womp. Yeah. Well, I think they're, they're all going away in some sense. I mean, they'll come back too. Like to be fair, like there'll be new uh, BlockFi's and Genesis and new Voyagers that will arise into the future for sure. So it's, it's they're not gone for forever. I'm sure they're going to come back in, in another in just another form, but the same fundamental thing. But um, and we'll see how those go, which will more or less be the same. Yeah, when's the first one going to come out that just uses uh, Thorchain savers? But then just you know, just they, they just custody it. They they enter in the yield. They they maximize. You, they minimize the slippage and everything like that. And then then they just pass off the yield and take a cut. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll see something like that. I, I, that's what I would like to see in in the future I mean, <laughs> for, that, for Bitcoin yield product. That'd be fairly tough for them just because they. Um, the amount of capital that these large institutions can pull in is obviously a lot. And it's significantly more than what Thorchain can possibly support from a saver's perspective. That the, that the yield is not there to support, you know, 10 or $30 billion of Bitcoin being thrown into the network, whatever. Maybe that might change into the future, like in the export market, that it might be possible to, to be shifting and changing if, as Rune's um, price performs well. And also as we get more integrations like Trustwall, as we were saying earlier, just to create more yield and um, increase that the the, uh, the revenue of the network itself, but uh, I don't think we'll see that anytime soon. To be honest, yeah. So uh, I guess the next to talk about is. Binance Smart Chain, which is looking like it is it is happening, most likely. I haven't seen anyone really uh, speaking out uh, a lot against Binance Smart Chain at all. So, like, I I believe that some initial work is is being done right now to uh, you know get Binance Smart Chain off the ground, and that, that's also something that'd be very strong to to loop in with the the whole trust wallet integration. And part of the reason why. Like, I, you know, I think it'd be successful just because just look at Binance Beacon Chain, which has no volume basically anywhere else uh, in, in in crypto, like at, at all, really. And it is, uh, you know, one of the biggest chains on on Thorchain itself. Maybe that's just because the deepest and it's been around for the longest and it's one of the uh, the oldest BEP2 DEXs and the only surviving one, really. But um, Binance Smart Chain integration just makes... Uh, it's just a it, it's valuable because all, all these partners they, they like people want to be able to settle onto these like you know very very cheap chains low gas uh and there's a lot of user adoption with finance smart chain so uh yeah i'm curious to hear your guys opinions on on uh bsc and like you know it just putting new chains uh, on the network i know it's it's kind of been on on pause for a while but it it seems like there's 
more of an appetite, but it, it's, you know, kind of shifts by the day on, uh, you know, kind of where things are, are going right now. But it seems like people are kind of hyped up on, uh, you know, potential BSC integration right now. Yeah, was there any uh, update on, like, kind of providing the node operators with cost estimates and, and stuff like that? Like, has that already happened? Uh, I think there was a, a cost estimate of, like, 800 bucks or something like this or something around that vicinity, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if you're we've – we've seen more better metal pop up in the last few months, and for those people, it may be significantly more difficult to support Binance Smart Chain just because uh, I think the resources are, are more intensive. And depending upon the hardware they're running on, they, they may or may not have the additional um, you know, capacity on terms of memory or in terms of CPU or disk storage. And so like each individual – um, bare metal person will have to like do their own little analysis of like how problematic it is for those individuals that may need to buy new hardware, which takes you know time to get like shipped out to their uh, you know their mom's basement or whatever it is. Um, so uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna cost some money. Um, what's interesting, what's unique about Binance Smart Chain um, is that it could possibly lead to us decomming um, the BNB chain, right? Because uh, uh, or maybe not. I don't know. It's debatable like what we can or not. Like the BNB assets on both both chains, and and they're you know they are the same asset, just like USDC is on multiple uh, chains. And so like there's an, you, you could make a reasonable argument to, just, to drop the BNB chain, just replace the Binance Smart Chain. Whether that actually happens or not, I don't know. That's something we can discuss as a community later on. But so do you, do you think that's actually like a positive thing if that were to, to happen? Because I mean, there's a huge amount of liquidity. It's the deepest, you know, stable coin pool with BUSD. And unless there's a way to like, you know, quote unquote, upgrade it to Binance Smart Chain, which I, I don't believe that there is because they're, they're different. They're different addresses. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just completely different networks. Like, do we really want we, to see that liquidity, you know, leave ThorChain and then potentially just you know, not find its way back. Yeah, that's a valid point. It's something we can discuss as a community. I, I don't really have a personal opinion quite yet. I haven't really gave it too much thought. But you're right. The the BSD um, pool is the is the uh, the, the deepest um, stablecoin pool we have right now, um, and in part because it's it's the cheapest with, with the stablecoin. Because we only have two chains right now that have stablecoins in them. And that's ETH and B and uh, BNB, and obviously BNB is a lot cheaper than. We have AVAX too. Oh, do you have a stablecoin on AVAX? I thought we just had uh, just AVAX. Yeah, yeah, we have USDC and uh, USDT is whitelisted, but I don't think there is a pool. F- I don't think anyone's uh, put liquidity into yeah. that one. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's something to be discussed. Like, you know, I don't really have a strong opinion, like I said, but uh, if Binance Smart Chain launches and it has, you know, a larger adoption to it, then maybe that gives Gardner more support for, you know, dropping one for the other or, or maybe not. Or maybe just supporting them both. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the idea would be the BSC chain overall has so much more demand that a lot of yield is being generated, and then that deepens those pools. And maybe maybe it's not like a turn one on, turn the other off immediately, but over time, the the natural incentives just can shift the liquidity from from BNB to to BSC. Because obviously, like yeah, I mean the reason that it is so deep is because it's kind of the the OG cheap stablecoin on Thorchain, but in reality, like there's there's no real reason that it would be that and not BSC uh, BUSD, right? Like there's no actual advantage to that that I understand. It's just kind of like the legacy one that is still there. So hopefully there would be a way to 
to, to, I don't know if it could be incentivized. I mean, that's maybe not the route, but to, yeah, to figure out a way to, to get that same liquidity over would be ideal, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the step one obviously is, is to launch Finance Smart Chain to see what the adoption is, um, how much liquidity is actually being passed. I know there's a lot of people who are very positive on the liquidity of Binance Smart Chain, and that may very well may be true. I'm a, I'm a bit more bearish in this moment about how much value Binance Smart Chain or even just adding any chain for that matter will add just because it's the market is quite bare and nobody's really paying as much attention as they did, you know, six months ago. Uh, and so we probably wouldn't see as much like, you know, large volumes of, and I could be wrong. I'm just making a reasonable guess here, but like um, we'll probably not see much. That doesn't mean it's not valuable or, or it doesn't mean we shouldn't be adding new chains like Binance Smart Chain. It just means that uh, we just kind of uh, temper the expectations. And again, it's the same thing I was saying before about like loading the spring for Trust Wallet and other wallets that are coming down. Like uh, chain integrations are the same thing. You load the spring now, uh, which takes a lot of time and effort and validate the, the code is good and you know, wind out all the bugs or issues that, may, that Binance Smart Chain may have. Uh, so that when the market does go, you know, um, uh, bull again, you know, we have a lot more connections to a lot more chains, which offers much more value. Um, kind of like how in social networking, the, the value of a chain is uh, N squared or N referring to the value of a social network is N squared and referring to the number of individuals on that network. So you have an exponential uh, increase in the value that, that a social network has, the more people that it has. And it's conceptually similar to this to some degree, although not the same thing, because people are all the same within a social network and the chains are not all the same in crypto. But but generally speaking, the more connections you can make to more chains, the more valuable you you provide to a larger community, which is also very like um, positive things. And so when we position ourselves to have like access to more, you know, um, economically viable uh, systems, when we do go bull again and everybody starts trading and everybody's getting excited again, euphoria is coming back, like all those things, uh, it's it's quite beneficial to have all these chains, whether it be Binance Smart Chain or uh, or Dash or Monero or you know whatever other chains that are people want to add downstream. Yeah, that's the way I see it. It it just really further fulfills the vision of Thorchain of agnostically connecting the most economically significant chains. And by those metrics, BSC is clearly way up there and is an obvious yes. The the only reason to like question that is like the current economics and and like whether you personally how you feel about BSE. Like personally I don't use BSE at all. I don't really care. I won't I probably I don't know if I'll really use it. But I just think it it does make sense when you just consider how big it is, how much activity there is, um, how relatively like, I mean, yeah, there's some costs, but it's not, it's not technologically super, it's an EVM. I mean, it's not like something that would take the devs like a year to figure out or whatever. So it seems to make sense overall for, yeah, positioning Thorchain as the, you know, just the agnostic cross-chain infrastructure. And that's going to be super valuable, like, whether it's valuable immediately or it takes six months, 18 months, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. It feels important. Yeah. I mean, it also like the economic value of a chain is a good, it's good uh, attribute to look at, to look at how much value it can provide in theory to uh, our own ecosystem. Uh, but obviously it's not the only one. And so like, in this particular case, because it's an EVM chain, it, there already are a, a host of different bridges that do exist to, to bridge, you know, to other other chains already. Um, and so, 
the value prop that we have for buying smart chain is probably less than it is to something like a Monero where, where, it has, where it's completely isolated or a Doge where it's completely isolated now. Um, EVM chains already have connections through, you know, layer zero or Stargate or like other similar concepts and bridges, although flawed in design they may be. Um, so I'll be, I mean, I'll be curious to see what happens over the next, like, you know, the first 30 days after this thing is launched, whenever that does actually happen, which I don't even know when that's actually going to happen, but the first 30 days is to see what kind of adoption there is. But I'm, to be honest, I'm just not that, um, I'm not that, you know, I don't think it's going to be some massive amount of liquidity coming in. I think it's just about loading the spring. Yeah. Yeah. I think liquidity I is the harder part here of the challenge. And like, something, that's something we've seen with, I think both AVEX and, and Adam is just uh, the, the lack of like, is, it, it's what you said, just the lack of liquidity. And I wonder if that's just because of the, like the dual-sided, you know, the dual-sided mechanism of staking where it's just more complex and it's more difficult for, for someone to, you know, stake, you know, two assets on two different chains and, and to do that. And uh, it, it's, th th there's more things to think about mentally than just like, you know, the single-sided staking of, uh, of like Sabres or something like that. So I, th that, that is one other thing is just growing this pool with, uh, with, like, let, let, let's say we're in this world where, you know, POL is activated and since they're at 50%, um, like, can, can this pool grow just from savers deposits and POL uh, growing the pool? Like, is that the more, is that a more sustainable way to, to grow a pool rather than relying on uh, dual-sided liquidity from, from the start and, you know, having very shallow pools that are taking up a lot of fees, but... The, the UX isn't great because, uh, you know, fees are very high for, for swappers. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's an interesting question, something that could be debated. Um, I think that, uh, well, one way you can look at it is, and there's multiple ways you can look at it, but one way you could look at it is if, if you're bullish on the Thorchain network or the Rune Asset, and probably everybody in this room probably is, or at least the vast majority, um, and let's just imagine that the, you know, that we get, well, so say we launch Fiat Smart Chain, there's not a lot of liquidity in it relative to other chains like Bitcoin or whatever. Um, and the fees are very high because the, you know, the, the pool is relatively shallow and we're sitting currently at a, you know, a, a, around a dollar fifty or $2 room price right now. Um, and let's imagine a scenario which is not, you know, ridiculous, but, you know, we hit like a hundred dollar room, right? Which is, it may sound ridiculous to some people in the world, but to me, it's uh, not so much. Um, and by doing so, inherently so, the, the, the pools of, of those pools become much more deep, right? Uh, just because the, the room prices are getting larger and that will just cause more arbitrage opportunity, blah, 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 and more, more things be sucked in from more, you know, BNB on Binance Smart Chain to be sucked in from the, the, the greater market. And so it's like a natural thing to happen that as room's price performs well, um, especially relative to the assets that it's holding, um, it naturally just caused the pool to grow even larger, even though nobody's actually, nobody knew is providing liquidity into those pools. So there are multiple facets you can look at it, and that's just being one of the angles. And you could talk about savers and the yield being higher on those things and blah, blah, blah. And, and you could argue that BNB has a few different ways you can earn yield already within the Binance Smart Chain that it's going to compete against, just like Adam has a staking mechanism that Thorchain's savers is competing against in a sense. It's, all these things are like different multifaceted and complex and they all interchange with each other in, in, in complex ways. So it's really hard to predict. 
Yeah, I don't know how many different yield products there are on BNB itself, but like uh, just looking into it briefly, one of the things I saw is uh, BNB Vault and the yields for like it uses a couple different uh, a couple different products to, to get its yield, but uh, the the yield is less than one percent. I think it was about you know point eight five percent or something like that APR estimated, uh, which is you know much lower than anything else that's on savers currently. So. Uh, if, any, if anyone here has like the knowledge on where people will get yield on, on BNB and like what opportunities there are for like smart chain, not, not for, not for beacon chain, uh, be very interested to hear about that because at least from what I saw on, on Binance's own, own pages, the yield is actually like very low and offering a competitive, a competitive rate. I mean, obviously it wouldn't be offered, but like, um, Having a high yield on on savers, I don't think it'd be difficult to get a higher yield on savers than it would be to be higher than whatever um, the, the yield that Binance advertises their own uh, staking product at at like at one percent or so. Like that doesn't seem very, like a very high bar for B and B savers to cross. But where? But where's the audience it's like who is uh actually entering these things and with with how much like you can get a, a thousand people entering what they're putting in one, one bnb uh it's it's not gonna add up to an, an insane amount to make um uh, just to make fees that much lower and to put that much more liquidity in, into the network um you need you need a lot of people <laughs> to, to get a lot of liquidity, and there's a ton of liquidity on Binance Beacon Chain right now, which is just very impressive. Even though there aren't a lot of new LPs, uh, like you know, coming in and, and leaving, it's all basically been uh, a lot of people just you know setting and forgetting over long periods of time. Yeah, much agreed. Um, yeah, I say let's just let's launch it. Let's get it out there. That's the that's the initial value prop right there, just having the ability to bridge another chain without requiring on wrapped assets and such. And not I'm not ter- terribly worried about liquidity so much in that in those in that pool or those pools on the on binding a smart chain personally. It's just something we'll think more about it when we get further down the stream. But right now it's just about integrations, integrations, integrations. Like the bear market in general, with the exception of some like major features like savers and lending and such, uh, is mostly about um, integrations, integrations, integrations and loading that spring. Cool. Um, anything else you guys want to discuss? We can let people up for questions too. If, there, if there's anything, you can, anyone can hit the request button on the bottom left. You got to be on mobile to do it. But uh, if anyone wants to come up and ask or just, just talk about whatever, talk about their opinions on uh, uh, chains or, you know, stuff coming out of the gate or trust wallet or whatever. Well, a lot of people are thinking about questions to ask. Uh, one of the things that is kind of interesting that the, the devs are working on, I thought would be kind of fun to br- briefly go over. And I think there'll be a separate uh, conversation uh, in Discord at some point, um, but uh, one of the Nine Realms devs, uh, predominantly Ursa, is has been working on a new like regression testing framework for the like Thorchain code base, which is really kind of fascinating because it, it's a way of like um, being able to explain uh, test uh, testing various things just through like um, a, a simple text file, which is uh, in a, what's called in a YAML format, but it's a, it's a it's a way for anybody, even if you're not a dev and you don't know how to code and you don't know how to, you know, like, you know, write Golang code or run unit tests or any of these things. You don't even need to set up your local environment necessarily. I think you'll be able to just run it through um, using the online CI tools. 
Uh, and so you can like, you know, uh, add a new uh, test that tests that the scenario hap that happens this way or doesn't happen that way or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, um, which will just allow just to pull upon more of the community to be a part of the testing and validation of, of you know, the network itself and major new features, um, which is empowering tool the community for even for non devs to contribute to the to the uh, reliability and quality of the of the system as a whole. Yeah, I got a little demo on it the other day, and it's actually it's actually really cool. Uh, like, for like, I, I I definitely would not have understood what you just talked about. I'll try and explain it in, in my own words, which is probably gonna butcher the hell out of uh, what Ursa actually did. But it, it it is a pretty cool framework that uh, from from how I understand, just basically just tests. Um, it, you you can run all these different tests, and you know, make sure that whatever feature is being like put into into Thorchain, like. Uh, can is is not like is not breaking anything and uh just making sure that all the all the accounting is right so like for example this this framework would have it, it was developed because of the the issue with the with the uh pausing trading the other week that that accounting issue with an affiliate refund so this entire new framework was developed just to uh, make it easier to test when you know new things are put into Thornode, being able to verify that they work as intended and don't have uh you know these these kinds of errors and things that could cause like you know some kind of panic or potential exploit or uh you know any other kind of vulnerability so uh i, I the, the demo that um you saw was was really cool and yeah there's gonna be a discord stage probably uh next week and we will um Probably, I, I guess we'll probably do a live demo of the um, of the framework and just like show how it works, so that way um, you know all the contributors to Thorchain can can check it out and just make use of it. And you know, hopefully, this will just make it that much easier to be testing, lending, and things like that before things go live. Because as as we were saying before, you know, as Thorchain is maturing and other people, other apps are relying on on Thorchain to be reliable to to be online, to be secure, uh, we, we really need these these frameworks in place to just have those assurances that hey, there's not going to be more issues that you know are causing having to to pause trading. There's not going to be these uh, you know any, any mistakes that's going to jeopardize all the all, like all, all the hard work from from all the devs and all the contributors to you know getting Thorchain to the place where where we want it to be, and um, you know making this reliable piece of the native asset infrastructure. So this is, you know, one of the steps on, on that, on that journey. And it's, you know, uh, just kind of what's been being worked on over the past uh, couple of weeks. So yeah, we'll, we'll do a stage next week and uh, we'll show everyone the new regression test framework and uh, yeah, then people can start using it and uh, you know, hopefully that'll, that'll help, you know, nudge, nudge along, uh, you know, things like POL, things like uh, lending and, you know, whatever else is, is coming to Thorchain Core. So shout out Ursa, the GOAT. <laughs> well, thing I, I would like to say uh, in response to what you were just saying uh, is that we want to make sure we're doing the best we can to to mitigate, you know, having production related issues like the one we saw the other day from uh, pausing trading. Um, but at the same time, we also have to acknowledge that it is it this code. It, it is code. It is live code. It's always going to have issues at some point in time. Like, 
Uniswap had a major issue just like a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, um, or a month ago, whatever the hell it was. Um, Bitcoin's had issues for you know decades after it's was launched, right? So like, you'll never actually remove the problems entirely. You will any piece of organization or code, whatever, is always going to have from time to time some things. Um, as things get more ossified, the, the likelihood of there being problems goes down over time. As we're adding new features, um, you know, uh, or making code changes, like that one uh, code change that one of the members of the community uh, put forward that created the issue to begin with, uh, you know, sometimes innocuous changes are, are not so innocuous. And so it's it's hard to unsee the, the, the cross section of some of these changes that are being made of the greater system. So my point is, is that like, you want to create the, a nicer, uh, a new framework to make it easier and faster to detect such things and protect ourselves from, from, from things getting forward. But there's nothing you can ever do to actually completely remove it entirely. It doesn't matter how uh, how many tests you write or, or uh, you know how much validation you do. Things are always going to get through. It's just a natural thing to happen in any code base uh, in crypto or in just in the greater world. Well said. Cool. Yeah, we can show that off next week. Uh, that'll, that'll be fun. Have you played around with it at all, Chad? Have you done any uh, tests yourself? Uh, I was playing with it today. Uh, I got like a little private demo from Ursug. Um, we jumped in like a Zoom to, to kind of like to walk me through uh, the different aspects of how it's uh, designed and implemented. It looks really good and really solid. Like, I like the structure of the way he did it. I think he did a really good job of it. Um, he's already added a, uh, a few tests to the lending PR Um that is already that's still open uh, and found like a bug, for example. So it's it's already uh, I think he at least found two bugs so far. One in the production code, like a small issue, not a big deal, but one small issue there and a, and a, and a, and a bug on the uh, the lending PR. So it's already kind of uh, giving us some some fruit in a in a matter of speaking. Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, brought up K coefficient. Hey guys. Hey. So I was just trying to. What what's going on with the lending? Everything it just seems kind of stuck in no man's land. Is that not not? Uh, sounds like there might be more happening than meets the eye. Uh, I know Grassroots Crypto put out a kind of a roadmap for testing, and is anybody doing anything with it, or is it just dead? That's all. No, I mean, it's, it's not dead. Um, it's also, you know, one of the things that are happening uh, from a dev perspective that that's being worked on. Um, um, so it's just it's been in, in, in like the review process uh, for, you know, for a long time now, maybe a, a month or two, whatever it's been. Um, but yeah, that, that's still it's still going on. It's still going on. It's just moving a bit slower. That's a natural thing to happen uh, as you get larger teams and as the network itself becomes more mature, mature that the, the, the dev cycle kind of elongates. Uh, that's partially why, like, you know, you never really see a lot of code changes happening on Bitcoin just because it's so, it takes so long period of time to make any even small code changes. Um, so I, I wouldn't be, you know, concerned about it like that. There's no, there's no problems or issues, you know, or anything like this. It's just, uh, it's just becoming, you know, slower and slower to, to make changes in, in the protocol, which, is bad in one sense uh, if you lose that agility, but it's also good in another sense because you, you become more ossified and more careful about the changes that are being made. Um, 
back in the earlier days when when I you know was first um, you know building this protocol in the very early days, like we, myself and another dev uh, Heimdall would would move very quickly and very fast, and you know would just you know uh, move move a little bit loose in a sense, uh, just for in the interest of, um, of of progress, which is fine to do in those early days, but it becomes less and less able to do so as the network it matures and gets older, but also becomes you know as a Kyle was alluding to earlier in the conversation about uh, as more other protocols and wallets and such become more reliant on this network, they're looking for reliability rather than some, you know, revolutionary new feature or whatever. And so that all becomes like different um, points of pull on the project in some, in some sense. So uh, I, lending still going on, it's still being reviewed. Um, I'm hoping it'll get, you know, merged in the next you know, a couple of weeks, I'm hoping, or a week or so. I mean, that'd be great, from my opinion. Uh, whether it does or not, we'll see. And then after that happens, we still have to start the testing itself, which will be uh, done on StageNet, you know, uh, either at the end of this quarter or maybe even Q2, who knows. Okay, are you still thinking about, I know there was some chatter about collateral types. Are we going to restrict it to, like, Bitcoin and Ethereum only, or are we gonna have all all the? Yeah, this this is a this is a debated I'm topic. Gonna, is that is that gonna be weeded out in testing? Um, so what collateral types is obviously separate from testing, uh, and this kind of stuff. But it's a kind of a debated topic, and there's different people on within the Dev community that uh, the Dev team that that feel differently about it. On the one hand, um, some people are on the mentality that. Um, that and, and this is just my, my personal stance is just that uh, we allow any layer one uh, asset or any primary asset per chain, or we sometimes referred to as the gas assets, uh, and, and just leave it up to that and, and just be clean, straightforward, uh, go for a, a, a governance minimalist perspective and not try to like get into a place where we start to pick winners and losers and say, we like this asset and we don't like that asset. That, like, that creates an opinion. And we want, and for me, I always, just, I always thought this network should be uh, neutral and be amoral and without um, any idea of if asset A is better than asset B outside the context of what's secure for the network. Um, some other people think that we should just do it for the major assets like Bitcoin and Ethereum, maybe, or maybe even just Bitcoin. Like I don't, I don't know. Um, I think that's a debated topic uh, within the within the devs and the community can welcome to debate that topic as well. Um, but it's, it hasn't really been determined what the answer is to that question. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. To speak up the lending things a little bit, a uh, little bit more. Um, I, I think people are just kind of hesitant to, to merge things that aren't like, you know, fully complete and, and like having, having all these te you know, tests run against them and, and things like that. Uh, just cause any, any code that's merged to, to, you know, uh, Thor node and you know is is live in production even if it's on StageNet. StageNet just runs the runs the code that is uh, you know already merged to to mainnet, right? So um, even if it's being run on StageNet, that means that that code is there on mainnet. And if there is some kind of exploit or something co causes a consensus failure or, or anything, that's just a huge pain and uh, you know not not something that we want to be having to explain to you know Trust Wallet and every other every other wallet and exchange that wants to integrate Thorchain, like, oh yeah, hey, we're just, you know, implementing our, uh, you know, experimental lending protocol and, you know, it broke and things are down for a couple of days until we update 
And uh, but hey, the integration is still coming along, right? Like, we we don't want to have those those conversations, uh, and want to keep pushing on the integration as as hard as we can. So yes, um, <laughs> I said, let's just chat open his water bottle. Or, Sorry, about that. It, it sounds like you're opening a bl a blister blister packaging or something <laughs> like that. Sorry about that. I couldn't mute it. What are you doing, Dad? Making what? <laughs> you're good. <laughs> All right, uh, Juggernaut, hey, man. Hey, um, everyone, you hear me? Yep. Yep. Uh, wait. Uh, first, uh, Save Rose is a real success of, uh, of Toffee. That's uh, very, very great. I will ask a, a question for, not for now, for the future. Uh, you you all see the exponential evo evolution of uh, uh, barometer capacities. Uh, few time ago, uh, one year on Earth or two years. I don't think I don't think I don't know. Uh, two uh, two SSD, uh, one hundred and twenty uh, gigabits was were enough. To uh, to uh, to build a, a barometer with a double uh, uh, Xeon processor and uh, and uh, one twenty eight uh, giga gigabits of uh, of RAM. Bueno, uh, now it's uh, the recommendations are eight tera. It's exponential the 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 evolution of uh, of the material. Uh, you see what I mean? So uh, the integration of, of BSC is it a problem of memory, of hardware, or anything else? Uh, I'm not totally sure I captured all of that. I think the question was asking about uh, bare metals in in the Binance Smart Chain, uh, Damon, and what the problem is there uh i think that just depends on the individual bare metal and what kind of resources it has remaining after setting up the current node right because that makes sense by answering your question i'm not sure if i got your question correct um no i just say that because uh power chain evolution means an exponential Evolution of the hardware too. It's, uh, it's what I think. Um, uh, yes. The other question is about the Cosmos hard, um, hard fork, uh, which will uh, mean. Um, uh, Cosmos SDK uh, evolution or Tardamint evolution uh, with, uh, will, uh, will it allow Torchain to use more than 100, 120 nodes without performance issues? I mean, for the future, not now. Uh, now, no, there is no issue. Um. 
think you were asking about two different things there, but maybe I just misunderstood something. I, th- I think you were initially started talking about the, the Cosmos hard fork that's coming up um, soon. Um, that's just so that because they're making a, a ba- um, backwards incompatible change to the code base of, of the hub, the Cosmos hub itself, we have to pause uh, trading and, and do the for- and uh, have all the nodes upgrade their daemons to the latest version and then continue on. Just a, it's just that's something we're going to have to do on various chains of, through the lifespan of their of their those individual chains. Um, and then your question is about some sort of code change that was made to the Cosmos SDK itself about increasing the number of validators. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, right now, we don't really see a need for that. Right now, the the theoretical limit on uh, the number of validators that chain can support is 125. That's a um, artificial cap that the code actually implements for the time being. Um, but we're still at, you know, under 100 now, a little under 100 where the number is. And so we don't really see a strong demand for the extra 25 or so. So it's not really a, a question that I'm terribly thinking about quite at this moment, unless we start to see, you know, another 25 validators pop out of nowhere. I mean, we can, we can start thinking about uh, ways to scale the validator set, but I can't imagine us really getting to, you know, hundreds of validators uh, personally, just because the re- requirements are so high in terms of tech technological requirements, as well as um, capital requirements. So I don't think, I think we'll probably, in my opinion, we'll probably get to a hundred validators, give or take, and we'll hover around there for the next couple of years. Cool. Thanks, Chad. Uh, Felix. Okay. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, great. Um, First of all, I want to say that I really love the DEX aggregator functionality that ThorChain has. So thank you very much, guys, and big respect that you managed to do that and um, get some DEX aggregations on the Ethereum chain. And my question is, are there any plans for adding DEX aggregations of, say, for example, the Cosmos chain, like Osmosis, or other chains? Uh, yeah, so we've talked about doing um, cos- um, osmosis uh, in the past. Um, it's not really like a, a top priority at this particular time, but I think I think we're all more or less interested in doing it. Um, I don't think anybody spoke negatively about the general concept. The question is, how is it actually implemented? And there's two ways of actually accomplishing this task to my my uh, high-level knowledge, which is not uh, in-depth, to be honest with you, but there's two ways to accomplish this task. And one is um, we can add Osmosis itself as a new chain integration into ThorChain, and then that becomes the way to, to swap to you know various other assets in the Cosmos universe. Um, that's one way to go ahead. The second way is we actually don't integrate with Osmosis directly, and we just use the Atom token itself and utilize... Um, it's a newish feature within the Cosmos world of um, of aggregating multiple uh, transaction types together across multiple chains as part of a new IBC thing. Um, so I think it's theoretically possible, although I haven't done my own due diligence to, to go into the depths of it yet. But I think it's possible that you can actually that's, that instead of sending the Atom tokens to an address uh, when we do a swap to Atom. It triggers a, a, like a like a series of transactions across multiple chains, including Osmosis, 
where it sends the atom tokens to um, by IBC to the osmosis chain, and then also just does a swap to some other asset, and then does an IBC transfer to another chain, which was just called that Juno, for example. Which the final result of that would then be uh, some Juno address on that on that particular chain. I think that's theoretically possible to, for my my like light-hearted understanding of it, and that may be the way to go. Just because if we were to add a new chain like Osmosis directly, um, it would be more, more expensive for validators, but also uh, it probably wouldn't have as much liquidity as the Atom token is, and so it's probably more efficient from a capital perspective to support only the Atom asset as, a, as the only native pool on Thorchain. And then to get the, any other assets within that, it just goes from Atom to Osmosis to swaps to, to Juno or, or you know, one of the other chains in, in the Cosmos world. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, I'd like to say um, thank you all guys um, for your great work for humanity. I'm serious. Pretty great. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, anything else, guys? I think we pretty much covered everything. Only thing I could think of is that uh, ILP is now deprecated. So if you enter in a new dual-sided LP position, then there there's no more impermanent loss protection, and that's just in favor of uh, of savers. So if you're looking to not experience any impermanent loss, recommend to enter savers. And if you don't care about uh, if you don't care about IL and just want to earn double the fees, then dual LP is still always there for you. So we're in that, you, in, in that part of the life cycle. <laughs> yeah. And if you already have a position, uh, it's still valid. So you still have protection if you want to hang on to that. Just don't add to that position. So if you're looking to add, just do it from a separate address. So you don't forfeit the ILP if, if you're concerned about that. Yeah. Over the long term, it should, ILP should trend down over the next, you know, um, six months or twelve months, whatever it's going to be. So it probably won't really matter in the long term. But uh, yeah. Cool. Any any last thoughts? We'll we'll wrap. Otherwise, not for me. I think we're good. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Nice chat with you guys again. Yes. Oh, I forgot to mention this last week. Um, we're going to be at ETH Denver in in March. That's like less than a month away. I believe it's March uh, 2nd through the 5th. And uh, we're, we're, like, we're helping Shapeshift sponsor a, uh, a booth there. So uh, some of the Nine Realms team will be there. I'll, I'll be there along with some of the other uh, guys. And uh, yeah, we're just going to spread the good word. And if you're going to be at ETH Denver, then, you know, make sure to stop in and, uh, and say hi, because, you know, we'll just be hanging out with the, the Shapeshift guys and, you know, probably getting some more talks on for, for integration, just, uh, you know, meeting with people, talking with builders and, and things like that. So uh, hoping to get some, some nice, uh, you know, BD connections made there at ETH Denver. And uh, if you're around, then definitely come say hi. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to make my way out there. So I'm not sure if I'm going to make it or not right now, but I'm trying to figure out a way for me to get my, my ass out there as well. So if, if I'm there, I'm gonna, yeah, I might be able to chat with some of you guys in, in person. Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, we need to see you chat throughout there too. So. <laughs>
<laughs> maybe one of these times uh, yeah, mix yeah, the, no the meat verse and the metaverse. If you come up, yeah, this will be a good one. It seems like everyone's going to be there, uh, like just from so many different projects in the ecosystem. So yeah, Thorchain's going to be there. Thoreau, if you come out, buddy, and I'm there too, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> oh yeah, appreciate it. All right, sounds good, guys. Let's let's wrap, and uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, next week. Later, guys. See you guys.